0: Bodies by the Numbers is a horror podcast. Viewer discretion is advised.
1: That sounds disgusting.
0: I find it funny how we kind of went off of schedule for this one.
1: We did. We were just like, do you want to watch a movie today? Yeah. What do we want to watch? And then Hannah was like, Slats of the Lambs. We were all like, we can all watch that.
0: (laughs) That's later down the docket.
1: Screw the docket. I want to watch it now.
0: You want to watch it now? Nah. Right now? Sure. Welcome to Bodies by the Numbers, a horror podcast fuck. where we keep track of how we die in horror media. I'm your host, Andrew Mack, and this is my co-host, Grace Lee. Today, what? we're covering The Silence of the Lambs, done in 1991, directed by Jonathan Demme, and written by Thomas Harris and Ted Talley. Thomas Harris was also the creator of the novel by the same name. This is the second part of the Hannibal trilogy.
1: Second part? Yes. What happens in the first part? Basically... He gets arrested, I guess?
0: Yeah, it's him on the loose before being caught. Yeah. Then it's this where the movie changes the narrative a little bit. But... Because the movie brought in inspiration from Ted Bundy in helping the Green River Killer case. Oh. The third one is him back on the lamb being hunted
1: oh yeah yeah. him out in the bout
0: but uh yeah feelings check how did you enjoy the silence of the lambs
1: i think it was a very it it was an extremely well-made movie that also made me wildly uncomfortable at parts yeah like jesus christ like other movies have scared me And for me, I don't think this movie... There were, like, definitely at the end there, there were parts where I was scaring. I even had, like, a little jump scare. But most of all, this movie was fantastic at just making me feel so uncomfortable. It made me want to crawl out of my skin at some points.
0: Well, like, I talked about this in episode zero. Oh, shit. Yeah, no. So this is going all the way back to the beginning of our podcast. I was talking about how this movie specifically... The scene where Clarice is in the basement with no lights, I felt (sighs) I usually uh, have to remember to breathe my own rhythm and not the rhythm that she has.
1: Oh, yeah. No, just that, like, upped tempo, that kind of shortness of breath. That was... A very intense scene. I mean Ander will attest. I couldn't look at the screen. It I kept hiding behind my notebook.
0: Hilarious.
1: <laughs> I kept I was just like, I don't wanna look, and then I check and be like, oh no, it's still going on and then I have to duck back under.
0: But yeah. yeah, I I am a fan of this movie. It's very well executed. It is. And Hannah, my wife, they have made the bold statement to just call this a police movie. So, I, mean, I don't, I think I, they have
1: a point, though.
0: I disagree. I, I don't know why. I don't have a good <laughs> well, argument. I mean, like,
1: I, I mean, it's definitely a <laughs> horror film, but it also is. I mean, the main point of view is from Cal- Clarice Sterling, who is an uh, a budgeting FBI agent. If it's from her point of view, this is a cop movie.
0: I don't know. To me, cop movie... There's an emphasis not on the killer, but the cop.
1: That is you true. Know? Yeah.
0: In this movie, the cops are all, including Clary's secondary characters to Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Because this is really, it it's a it's a movie where the main character isn't the main character.
1: I feel like this is a movie where. Hannibal Lecter is the main character, but he's not the point of view of the movie.
0: Correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I will absolutely agree with that. So let's get into the plot summary.
1: All right. So pretty much uh, title card happens. We open up and it is in the um, misty woods of Quantico, uh, Virginia, or somewhere in woods. Kind of it says like somewhere outside of Quantico. And that is where we introduce to Clarice Sterling. Who is just fucking getting getting her miles in. She is clearly running like the obstacle course for like the cadets or stuff like that. And like she has been at this clearly for like hours. And it also is fucking early. Like, she is honestly it looks like she's the first one out there. Like that she woke up at 5 AM and headed out there and just has just been running the track. As she's jogging down, a I don't know, like just a guy, like I feel like there are people in this movie who are just, their job is to just find people, like, and be like, hey, someone's looking for you. Like, no one, well, I guess actually in the time and age, like, no one uses phones or no one would, like,
0: yeah, keep their phones
1: on them. So,
0: 91, so. Yeah. I believe cell phones were a thing at yeah. this time but they weren't as convenient as they are today. Yeah, no.
1: So you can't just, like, you wouldn't, like, and also you wouldn't carry it around everywhere with you like it is now. So, like, with Clarice running, you know, outside, she wouldn't have her phone on her. So they had to send someone to just be like, hey, Clarice, Crawford's looking for you. So she jogs through Quantico as we see, like, you know, as we kind of go through Quantico and we see all the, um, other students and cadets and other officers and FBI other like other FBI agents and there is also a moment in time where she's like wandering through the building and she gets into this elevator and she's just like it's clearly she's just like surrounded by dudes. This like,
0: movie makes a point to surround her with bigger men.
1: Yeah, specifically like taller, broader and it just and there're just several moments where this movie just highlights how Kind of, like, the, the odd mouse-ish. one out. mouse Yeah, mousish. But mostly for me, it was just how much Clarice is the odd one out, right? Like, this field is clearly predominantly male-dominated. And that, like, even, like, yeah, she's out there at 5 a.m. because she has to compete with these people. And it's kind of, she's pressured to compete with these people. Clarice runs through Quantico. And eventually, she gets to Crawford's office, where she is just kind of told to wait in his office until Crawford arrives. And as she's kind of, she's not poking around, but she's like, you know, kind of doing like the the whole like half turn circle just is seeing what's in his office. And she sees a cork board where there's like all like the, you know, the kind of like paranoid like thread and like newspaper clippings. And it's all, but then he, this is what his job is. yeah, Yeah.
0: His job is to be the paranoid guy. It
1: is. And it's all about this killer that has been nicknamed Buffalo Bill. And eventually Crawford does walk in, and, uh, you know, he sits down, and she sits down, and he's kind of starts like, interviewing her a little. It's all stated that Starling is still a student, and that she's in, like, double majoring in criminology and psychology, and he's like, oh, you know, are you thinking of, like, working for me? He also has a moment in time where he's like, oh, yeah, I remembered, like, how... Like, I was holding, like, a talk, and and Clarice argued with him, and he was like, yeah, and I, I gave you an A, and she's like, A minus, but, you know, I guess it still counts.
0: It's a grudge.
1: It's a grudge. Eventually, he kind of gets to the point where he's um, asking if uh, she'll be a part of, like, this interviewing process that he has, is that he needs her to go and just interview Hannibal, that he has just, like, this basic questionnaire, and apparently... Um, They've been trying to interview him for years and, like, no one has um, managed to get anything out of him. He's their, like, most difficult interviewee and how they're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel and finally it's now down to, like, a rookie. Yeah, a rookie to try and interview him, you know? Like, they haven't tried this yet, they'll try this. And Clarice does say, you know, kind of, like, why the urgency? Is there, like, any connection to the Buffalo Bill case since that's what you're working on? And Clawford's like, no, 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 it's it's nothing like that. And Claire's just like, all right, I guess. As, uh, you know, she's kind of gathering her stuff and getting ready to leave, Crawford is very adamant about like, do not tell him anything personal. Don't get into your personal history, your life. Tell him nothing. Just ask the questions and try and give him nothing. And I think it was you who mentioned that like, that it was, um, cause like Crawford mentioned how Hannibal will like get under your skin and, like, enter your brain and stuff like that. That
0: was Hannah. That was Hannah. Oh, that it was said, Hannah. Oh, like, yeah. Speaking from personal experience, eh? Something and it really, like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: and it really does feel like that. Like, he definitely is, like, personal beef with Hannibal the um, Lecter. Or, as Clarice says, Hannibal the Cannibal. Which, I mean, it rhymes.
0: I mean... She's not He rhymes. does detest that name, too. He does.
1: Oh, I can imagine. God, how he have been. Like, he's like, ah, yes, it is I... Hannibal Lecter, the, the cannibalistic serial killer. And people are like, oh, Hannibal, well, the cannibal. And I'm just being like, fuck you.
0: Before this, this is like information that with the books and TV show Hannibal, you get his alias was actually the Chesapeake Ripper.
1: Oh, yeah. But but when they found out what his name is, was that just like a race? And they just put Hannibal the cannibal instead.
0: I imagine something yeah. like the more childish men in yeah. the department came up with.
1: Yeah, but that mess up pissed him off. But anyway, after, um, you know, Crawford gets the advice, you know, tell him nothing personal, we cut to Baltimore, where we are introduced to the scumbag, the one and only Dr. Chilton. Fuck that guy. I
0: think he's a... Well, I can't get through that. (laughs) You can't.
1: (laughs) Like, because Clarice enters his office, sits down, and Dr. Chilton is just so
0: gross to her. Well, like, a lot of the men are... Except, weirdly enough, Hannibal. A lot of the men are pretty misogynistic towards Clarice.
1: Like, and Hannibal is creepy, but he is creepy to everybody. It's kind of like... Yeah, he's creepy to her, but he is also creepy to every other person he interacts with.
0: He's like a trapped shark.
1: Yeah, you know, he just he just likes to nibble, you know? He likes making people uncomfortable, and that's just kind of what he does.
0: But Chilton's, like, trying to he's convince hitting on her, her to go on a date yeah, with him no, tonight. No,
1: he's like, oh, yeah, Baltimore's a really fun town with the right guy. You, you know, you want to, are you just heading back to your hotel, or you want to do something fun? And she's like, "Nope, I'm just gonna head back to Quantico. I'm good." And it's just, yeah, he's just gross. And he also starts to talk about how Crawford was smart to use you, which is bad phrase. And then Claire's is like, "Oh, why?" And like, you're just
0: his type.
1: Yeah, like, oh, yeah, you're a pretty woman. You're just his type. And it's like, it's gross.
0: Learn how to drink your water the right way.
1: (laughs) No, I don't.
0: So we have a new body added to the count. We have one person dying of asphyxiation. You're making me laugh. It's a it's a really drawn out scene. I'm so sorry Lisa. I'm getting I'm
1: getting more water. Fuck off.
0: You You don't even know how to drink it.
1: I do. I feel like
0: this has gone on too long for me to cut all of it.
1: You can just delete this. It's fine. Grace. Stop making me laugh. Make it so much worse.
0: I'm
1: fine. You
0: don't drink through them.
1: Sh- just, Andrew, <laughs> stop making me laugh. Just let me take a breath and drink some water. Don't drown. I will drown you.
0: Okay, you're fine?
1: I'm fine. Don't, don't jinx it, though.
0: We need to get back on track.
1: <sighs> we need to get back on track. Also, there is expensive equipment around me. I can't beat you yet. Okay. Okay, anyway, so, um... <clears throat> Doctor, yeah, Sheldon is just weird, and he's like, yeah, like you know, that uh, Clarice is Hannibal Lecter's type because she's a pretty woman, and then it just he just kind of goes on with it. He does not let it die as they're walking down towards um, like the cells. Also, viewers, this is all highly unsanitary. Like the entire asylum is gross. It's all just like open, like brick walls. And metal, like, bars, and, like, it's it's very, it's gross. Like, I would not want to be put in there. It's just so unsanitary.
0: Well, I'm curious how many of them are long-stay there. Yeah. You know, they could have better cells and were just, like, masturbating and throwing their semen at people like one does later.
1: Ugh, which is very gross. But anyway, as they're walking down, Dr. Chelton goes about how, like, kind of like the rules to talking with... Hannibal Lecter, like, don't give him any staples, don't hand him any pens or any other writing utensils. Don't let him hand you anything. Everything has to go through, like, the feeding slot. Like, stay away from the glass. Anyway, but as he's going down, Clarice says, oh, like, Hannibal Lecter sees you as his enemy. Maybe I should go alone. And then uh, Dr. Sheldon makes, like, a comment, like, then you should have said that earlier. I went all the way fucking down here for nothing. But, you know fuck him, right? He sucks.
0: And she seems happy to have wasted his time.
1: Oh, yeah. No, we all are. But, um, then we're kind of introduced to, um, Barney, uh, the nurse.
0: Yes, Barney.
1: Yeah. It's honestly just very nice and very pleasant. I think Um, he's
0: the best man in this movie. He
1: is. Because he treats Clarice just like a person, and he's like, hey...
0: you got the rundown
1: yeah you got the rundown go to his cell it's the last one on your left and don't worry I'll be watching I set up a chair for you down at the end and I'm going to be looking at the cameras the whole time so he's just like very reassuring he's very kind honestly like I don't know why he's working there like I think he definitely like a nurse was the right job for him but he deserves a better job he also deserves a pay raise I'm sure I'm positive they're not paying that man enough no definitely not no Anyway, Clarice uh, walks down to the end of the hallway and there's just like patients, I think on, is it either side that are just like screaming at her or is it just one wall? The
0: first one's like softly catcalling her. Yeah. The second one says Bigs. like, yeah, I can smell your cunt.
1: Gross. Very Gross.
0: And Hannibal makes a point to have her repeat that when they finally meet. Yeah. And goes, I, however, cannot.
1: Oh, which is so gross. But again, Hannibal Lecter likes making people uncomfortable. He starts it off very just casual, just like, oh, good morning. And then he also makes a mention to ask or to say that you are one of Jack Crawford's. Like, you're just one of, you're one of Jack Crawford's, aren't you?
0: Luckily, she's honest with him.
1: Yeah, no, she's very honest. And she's also very polite, which even Hannibal Lecter mentions later on about how it was a good thing that she was polite, but she was very like polite and courteous. And um, he asked to see her credentials and she shows him. I think she gets a little too close to the glass because the man is deeply, deeply unsettling. But anyway,
0: I don't think he would have hurt Clarice weirdly enough.
1: Definitely not, because she had been just nice and pleasant.
0: I feel like he was too fascinated with her trauma.
1: <laughs> probably. Probably. Oh, dear. I think I'm going to cough again. I think I did fuck something up. I don't know why. I think that, like, montage fucked something up.
0: It's because you don't know how to drink water.
1: <laughs> Shut up. I do. We can cut all this out, though, right?
0: Hypothetically.
1: Hypothetically, yes, right?
0: Yeah. It's not that hard. But listening to you drown... Stop it. Okay. Well, maybe you should stop drinking water.
1: (laughs) Well, now that my throat's fucked up... Because at first I was thirsty. I just need to, like, relax my throat. That's all. Oh, God, that hurt, actually.
0: This is the 4th of July, by the way, listeners. Oh,
1: shit, it is. No. So,
0: if you hear, aside from Grace's drowning...
1: Uh, Aside from me dying. Oh, my God. Explosions
0: in the background... Or what sounds like small popping noises. It is still people me dying. lighting their fireworks while there is still daylight.
1: Oh god, they weren't like lighting fireworks until like 2am yesterday. It was yeah, no. stupid. It was I fucking hate, hate it.
0: it. <laughs> we hate the 4th of July here. Hate,
1: yeah, no. Uh, uh, it, it, it freaks it, my cats out. Well, it really I'm does. i just
0: not patriotic. Uh, patriotic. Good,
1: good job shit <laughs> Wait. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shut up. Patriotic. Let's get there. back to the Shut, point. Yeah, get back to the point. Anyway, so Hannibal Lecter asks to, you know, see, you know, Clarice's credentials, um, and she agrees, goes, again, far too close to the glass for me to be comfortable, but as, as they kind of, like, make quips back and forth, Clarice is very, like, much like, oh, I'm here to learn from you, you know, I'm just here to listen, I just... I'm just here to like you know, find out this information. And uh, Hannibal Lecter does smell her, which is odd. He even like
0: he's got a hound dog nose on him. Like he can smell her skin cream. He do-
1: yeah, he can smell his perfume. what
0: perfume she wore yesterday.
1: Yeah, it's gross. He uh, it's uh. At least we're he all didn't made of uncle- Plant
0: his nose in her hair.
1: That is that is true. That is true. That's nice. Good. Good job, Hannibal. Good job. You know, as she goes through um, and makes again the very creepy comment about the perfume, she kind of just tries to segue him back to the questionnaire, which is like the main point.
0: He tuts her, goes, no, you were doing so good. I know. Being and, polite, courteous. Yeah. And now here you are.
1: Yeah. He's also very mean at this point in time. He starts like dissing her because she manages to pass him the questionnaire And he starts making comments about how she's white trash.
0: I mean, I'm one to talk, so I can't really...
1: I am also white trash. It's okay.
0: I can't really uh, save her from this. I know,
1: yeah. It's kind of just like, me too, girl. Me too. But uh, as he's very mean to her and calls her white trash, she just kind of packs up and leaves. She grabs the questionnaire and she's like, fuck this. And she starts making her way down the kind of like just hallway. And sadly... um, Meg Skitzer, I'm just not going to mention how.
0: The aforementioned semen throwing happens. It's
1: gross. It's very gross. But then Hannibal Lecter starts, like, screaming her name, and she rushes back, like, what the fuck do you need? And he says, he mentions that she needs to look for a Miss Moffat, and that, um... That would be very important. And then he says, go now. And she's like, okay. And she leaves.
0: The only reason I feel like he gave her this information is because he was disgusted. Yeah. At what happened to her.
1: Oh, yeah. No, he feels offended for her. So after that scene, um, she rushes out of the asylum. And hopefully someone gave her a wet wipe for the cleanup. Yeah, for the cleanup but as she rushes back to her car we do get this flashback where we are introduced to her dad or not really introduced to her dad it's just shown that her dad was a cop and that she did genuinely like love and care for him and that he did the same afterwards she has like you know good cry and then she like trains we get kind of like a rocky like montage, you
0: know? Well, I think we just go back to her unloading clips. Oh, yeah!
1: She's like, yeah, she's shooting into a dummy. Because there's no
0: real, like, training montage. Whenever we see her, she is studying. She is practicing her aim. All that type of stuff. It never feels... Like a montage.
1: No. And I mean, it's also mentioned, like, and Hannibal brings it back up a lot that Darling is very ambitious. And that is really kind of just shown is that whenever we cut back to her day-to-day life, she is working. She is training. She is practicing. she's an ambitious person. During this time, she also researches, um, Lecter, trying to learn more about him and is trying to obviously find, you know, the clue that uh, he gave her. Though a call comes in from Crawford about how, um... Miggs has committed suicide, and that we're all very convinced that it's Lecter, right? Yeah, Lecter convinced Miggs to kill himself.
0: Well, he bit out his own tongue, and I just realized I didn't add his body to my count. Should oh, she... I?
1: If we um added one of Bill's um, victims, we should add Miggs.
0: We did, because we got to see her corpse. So let me just quickly write in, bit out tongue.
1: Yeah. Sucks to be him. When uh, she kind of just gets this call in, she also uh, mentions about how uh, she kind of cracked the code. And she's figured out that uh, kind of a reference that Lecter made early on about yourself is a reference to a storage unit, of all things. And that she manages to find a Miss Hector motif, which is... Um, The name you mentioned is a recipient to uh, one of the storage units.
0: Yeah, the one who rents it. It hasn't been there in like, what did he say, 20, 30 years?
1: Very long time. I think he said like 15 or something like that, but still, it's been a very long time. More than
0: a decade. Grace has a cough drop in their mouth. Oh my god,
1: stop narrating. You can just clip things together, can't you?
0: I can't clip all the mouth sucking noises out.
1: No, you can actually hear that? Yes. You can? Yes. Oh, no. Anyway. Oh, now I feel... no. it's making me uncomfortable. I hope I'm not making the listeners uncomfortable.
0: Do you want to hear what it sounds like?
1: No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll run it up now. But anyway, eventually the owner and Clarice uh, get to the storage unit um, and the door is stuck. It is like jammed shut. Clarice uses a car jack to open the... um, Not door. It is kind
0: Kind of a a door. It's like a garage door. Yeah,
1: it's a garage door. That's what it looks like. She manages to crawl under... But before she like goes under, she hands a card with like the field office number to the owner. Like, hey, if I get injured, just call the FBI.
0: Injured or stuck, here's here's my boss.
1: Yeah, they'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. So she enters into a very packed storage unit. It's also filled with like an collective amount of shit. Like, there's I think like a eagle like taxidermy like eagle in there. There's just a bunch of shit. As she enters the storage unit, she comes across this large object covered with a uh, flag, specifically an American flag. When she pulls that off, she finds, like, a whole car in there. She enters the car, and eventually she finds a severed head in the car. And it's eventually revealed that it was Hannibal Lecter who was renting the garage itself. Or, not the garage, but the storage unit.
0: Keeping the upkeep.
1: After she finds the severed head... She runs back to the Baltimore Asylum and, like, runs up to Hannibal Lecter's cell and goes, like, right up against the glass. Like, she sits right in front of her. Like, her knees are touching the glass, um, which is very unsafe. It
0: feels like a a little kid at, like, one in the morning Mm. watching TV when they're not supposed to.
1: It really does. Eventually, I think he tells her... After they kind of have this quip back and forth that the head belongs to a Benjamin Rasp... How do you pronounce that? Benjamin Raspain?
0: Raspian? Raspian?
1: Raspian? I think Raspian? Something like that. Something like that.
0: We're bad with names. You guys should know this by now. So fucked up.
1: So fucked up with names. We
0: have names written down on both of our papers, and at some point we are going to fuck them up anyway. Yeah,
1: they are going to be fucked up. I'm sorry, folks. But eventually, though, um, yeah, so the severed head was from a patient named Benjamin Raspian. And he was an old patient of Dr. Lecter's. And Dr. Lecter actually found him. And what happened was that he had been a patient and that he had just had basic old, like, manic depressive. Like, or like, he'd been, that's what he was seeing um, Hannibal Lecter for.
0: I believe Hannibal Lecter even uses the word transvestite. In this conversation,
1: even but it's though it's not that for y- Raspian, I think he because he was just like because he kept calling him like boring and like stereotypical.
0: Because this does lead into the Buffalo Bill case.
1: It does. Because apparently he had missed two appointments. And so Hannibal had kind of went to try and find him, had found the severed head, and then had just taken care of it. Like, yeah. And then also Hannibal Lecter just starts to kind of act creepy. And I remember the main thing, though, is that he just was acting creepy about how, because um, he started mentioning about how Crawford sees Clarice. And it was like, oh, does Crawford, like, find you attractive? And eventually it kind of ends with um, Clarice saying, oh, that's something Miggs would say. And he took offense. He took offense. But honestly, he deserved it. Also at this point in time the whole asylum is kind of dark and when the light is turned back on it's revealed that all of the drawings that had been around his cell have been taken away as like punishment for killing Migs. And he kind of goes on to talk about how he has been in that cell or at least in that asylum for eight years. And that he hates it there. And that he wants like a window and he wants to be away from Dr. Chilton. And that he will help with the case in exchange for, for, yeah, like a window and to get away from Dr. Chilton. He's like willing to like barter because uh, he can help Clarice find the killer. And Clarice is like, you just know who Buffalo Bill is. Because he even kind of like admitted it. Buffalo Bill or whoever Buffalo Bill was had been in a relationship with his old patient, Benjamin. He clearly knew who Buffalo Bill was. He just wasn't going to say anything eventually though like we kind of like make a segue to Tennessee to just like this woman she's like in her car she's rocking out to the music she gets to her apartment where there is a what was it Mr. Cheepers
0: yeah Mr.
1: Cheepers oh her kitty cat a
0: little cheaper
1: a little cheaper oh my gosh
0: the best character in the movie
1: best character in the movie except for Precious Precious was also good
0: oh no I I am way more in for Cheaper than Precious.
1: Yeah, I mean, Cheaper's got some quality. It's the cat bug. He is. Yeah, it is the cat bug. So she arrives back to her apartment. She says hi to Mr. Cheapers. And she's kind of just grabbing She didn't
0: even make it inside.
1: No, she didn't. She grabs her groceries. She sees Cheapers in the window. And then she looks over and she sees a dude trying to move a couch into his car, but he's clearly like favoring like one of his hands, I think.
0: Well, he put a cast on one of his hands and unfortunately this is where real life bled into the movie. Yeah. Because this was a I forget what serial killer specifically Ted did Bundy? this. Was
1: that what you said earlier?
0: I don't know if it was him or Dahmer, so like mm-hmm. I don't wanna throw a specific name out there without yeah. the proper backup research. Yeah. But basically One of them would fake an injury to get help, and then they would use that to corner their victim.
1: Uh, But yeah, she, out of the kindness of her heart...
0: She gets cornered.
1: She gets cornered. She sees him struggling to just move this couch. She goes over. She's like, oh, if you, like, do you need any help? And he's like, yeah. And this is where she kind of acts stupid, because he asks, oh, can you just get, like, into the back of the truck and kind of lift it in and she goes, Yeah, sure. And so she gets into the van. And I'm just like, No, don't do that. But obviously
0: it said free candy.
1: Yeah, once uh, he gets the couch all the way in, he does ask her very specifically, Are, Are you a, a size 14? 14. And before she can even answer, he is blitzed he does a blitz attack and just knocks her out. He then turns her body over and looks and peeks at her, I think dress. And it is a size 14.
0: He says good, too, when he sees it. Yeah. And then shears off her, her top.
1: Yeah, he shears off her, like, top blouse or something like that, tosses it out, and then just makes a break for it.
0: He got away Scott clean, too. Yeah. No one like, noticed.
1: No, no one noticed. No one cared. He just... They were just gone. But, I mean, it was also at night. So eventually uh, Clarice is taken to West Virginia. She gets like a call. I think she's in like a little like boxing kind of like ring where she's holding up like a pad and someone's punching into it. Someone pulls her aside because she is getting taken to West Virginia to help with the Buffalo Bill case with Jack Crawford. Like someone above has been like, yep, no, you're coming with me. And uh, yeah, so she gets pulled out of what well, looks like class to do this.
0: Because she is a student. Yeah. I don't know how well we enunciated that later But yeah, she's
1: not an an agent. She's not an FBI agent. She's a student.
0: So she has done all this as a student.
1: Yeah. I'm not getting paid for it, certainly. (laughs) Not enough. enough. Yeah, definitely not getting paid for all this. This is uh, a... She
0: paid for this opportunity. Exactly.
1: Oh, God. Once they touch down, she's just kind of in the car with Crawford, and they are talking back and forth. And she starts talking about her interview with Hannibal. And she even mentions that that's why Crawford sent her to Hannibal. Is it? That's why you sent me to Hannibal, isn't it? For me to get Lecter's help. So she even talks about how how, um, Crawford sent her without her knowing the full depth of what was going on to Hannibal to find out more information on Buffalo Bill. And all she remarks about it is how she would have liked to know what was going on. But then Crawford kind of just makes a remark about how Hannibal would have like toyed with her if she would have known or something like that. And you can clearly see that Clarice is very unsatisfied with this answer. As we reach kind of the police station, she enters in and immediately the police chief starts talking and like explaining the situation. And then Crawford stops him, goes in close, is like, oh, we shouldn't talk about things of this nature. Like, you know, in, like, a woman's, like, you know, purview or something like that. And so it, he, It's
0: definitely, like, the most sexist thing he is.
1: does. It is, yeah, no, it's... It feels... It kind of feels like he doesn't want her to know anymore because he still wants to have all the power and control. He
0: also wants the glory of this case, I think.
1: Yeah, no, he wants, like, another medal pinned to his chest. He wants... He wants his five seconds of same. like even I mean we rag on Dr. Chilton because of how a much of a t- an attention whore he is because how much he wants the spotlight but also Crawford does too. Well
0: like I- I'm like now kind of sitting back and looking at this movie and the majority of men in this movie want to use Clarice to better themselves.
1: They really do and that is yeah. For at least the main uh, male characters that we're introduced to besides Hannibal Lecter, which is Chilton and Crawford, they do use Clarice for their own gains, both of them.
0: And what's interesting about Hannibal Lecter is I feel like he's trying to bring the best out of her.
1: Oddly enough, he does try to help. And even when um, Crawford leaves with the police chief... Clarice is again left in a room with only male officers,
0: and they all stare at her. They do.
1: They... they all stare at her, and there's clearly such ostracization there as well. And then, as this is all going on, though, you realize that um, this is also, I think, also like a funeral. No, I, they don't go to the, pol- like they don't go to the police um, office. They're actually in a funeral home. I forgot. They're actually in a funeral home, and Clarice wanders into where the funeral for this dead woman. And she has another flashback where she is going to her own father's funeral when she is very young. She looks to be about like eight or nine.
0: Yeah, she has too much emotional investment in this case.
1: Yeah, definitely. But eventually, though, she's called back and Starling is called to um, help with the autopsy or like the postmortem. I can't remember what it's called.
0: Basically, they're not cutting open the body, which I believe is the autopsy factor. Yeah. But they are trying to find, like, immediate causes of death.
1: Yeah. And uh, they also put something like Vaseline or something like that underneath their nose so they don't have to smell the dead body. The
0: only person who didn't have it on was, like, that one really weird <laughs> oh, creepy Oh, yeah. He was
1: like... <laughs> No, I want to smell this. This is what I'm here for.
0: Like, God, that that guy was like a living porky pig.
1: Yeah, he was. He made everybody uncomfortable.
0: Just like in his facial expressions.
1: Yeah, not a pleasant dude. As they're in the room, um, Crawford kind of just asks Clarice to kind of do like a dressing down of the body. Like what she notices. She notices that the woman is definitely not local. That she is missing fingernails. So wherever she was, she tried to claw her way out. And then she also notices that there's something in her mouth.
0: Yeah, and this is, for clarification, one of Buffalo Bill's victims. Yeah. And we are counting her. Uh, She was shot off screen.
1: Yeah. When they um, examine her, um, it is found that there is a bug cocoon in her throat. And then it was pushed far too far back to be, like, just swallowed. It was put there very purposefully.
0: A little Easter egg,
1: yay!
0: We love those. It
1: was great, but as they kind of stare at the egg cocoon, it does again kind of click away, and I'm really
0: glad I gave that warning about the, being the fireworks. A July. Yeah,
1: because it's like what? It's like six thirty. Yeah, yeah, no. But when they're back in the car, Crawford mentions how upset Clarice had been when he had excluded her from the talk, and he very deliberately doesn't apologize Clarice uh, like because like Crawford goes like oh like you were uncomfortable back then were you and Clarice is like yeah I I wanted to be like it really matters like when you treated me by that way that's how the police saw you treating me that way it really matters to have like respect and then Crawford is like you're right and then he still doesn't apologize
0: and I feel like unfortunately enough that is the best You'll get to sorry with men.
1: Yeah, or at least like, that very specific that kind.
0: field that time.
1: Yeah, where he was like, oh, you were upset. It sucks to be you, I guess. Eventually, though, uh, Clarice heads out to figure out what kind of bug it is. She goes to some store, uh, sort of college. I think it might even be Quantico, but she heads down to like the basements to where uh, the labs are. She eventually figures out, though, that it is a death's head moth, and one of the kind of scientists even remarks that somebody loved the insect, that it was very well cared for. That is where we get another segue to a room full of moths,
0: and, and the killer who keeps the moths. Obviously, he's helping one get out of his little cocoon.
1: I not not yet. That's not towards yet. the end. Damn. Right now there's just like a room full of moths and you can hear music in the background and you kind of follow the music through this almost labyrinth of like rooms. It's clearly a basement and it's also very similar to the basement of the insane Asylum where it's all just kind of like brick, like just free form walls. And we eventually follow it through a room full of insects and then mannequins and fabric and we're eventually introduced to a little puppy. Named Precious. Precious. And then eventually, though, there is, again... We get kind of like the shadow or the uh, outline. Silhouette! There we go. We get the silhouette of the killer. But then there's another segue. And it segues to a news report about a missing senator's daughter. And it talks about how it's all from the point of view of what... You know, not from the point of view, but it all focuses on the senator herself. And she talks about her daughter And how important her daughter is.
0: She humanizes her daughter. She
1: really does. She keeps mentioning Catherine's name, who is the girl who is missing now, who got kidnapped.
0: She is Basement Well Girl.
1: Yeah. And it just, uh, she keeps, yeah, again, she keeps repeating Catherine's name and about how the killer has a choice now to be kind and that the world isn't kind, but that the killer has a choice about it. Clarice is also just watching the report in, like, rapt attention Like, she is staring at the TV. Because it's all, like, an interview with, like, this mom. This mother. And we do eventually find out that Clarice's mom, like, died, like, very young. Who knows? Maybe she also has mommy issues to go along with the daddy issues. Who knows? Eventually, there is another segue, though, to Dr. Chilton, who is just an asshole. Because Clarice is trying to visit Hannibal Lecter again. And he's just going on about how... Hannibal Lecter is his patient. He should be the one giving the interviews. If there's any information, he should know about it. And Clarice is like, look, you can talk to the FBI. This is like a private interview that I'm here for.
0: I'm doing my job.
1: I'm doing my job. Get out of (laughs) my way. Um, Which, honestly, go, go Clarice. She's doing great, you know?
0: She does a good job at asserting herself.
1: She does. So, good for that, honestly. Again... But she is also in like a male-dominated field, so I think this says something to be that she had to have learned. Clarif eventually makes it down to Hannibal Lecter's cell, where she starts informing him of the senator's offer. How if Hannibal helps find Catherine, that he will um, be moved to a different asylum, and that he'll be far better taken care of, and that apparently, like, I think it was once a month, he gets to go out onto...
0: A private beach, more or less.
1: Pretty much, I think it was like Plum Island.
0: Yeah, was is that what it's called? He later refers to it as Anthrax Island as yeah.
1: well. Yeah, I think there was a it was like a, an anagram for something or like that because there's there are several times that Hannibal uses like I think the pronoun the per- correct way to pronounce it is like anagrams, where it's kind of jumbled letters that. Say something, but once you um, re-scramble them or scramble them correctly, they say something else.
0: It's like how uh, if you use an alias, like uh, like in Harry Potter, Chamber of Secrets, oh, yeah. I am Lord Voldemort.
1: Yeah, exactly like that. And then I think the, the Plum Island, I don't know how, but it was like another anagram for Anthrax. But eventually, Coolerese is really talking up this like kind of like bargain or this offer. And eventually Hannibal seems to bite, but he says that also there has to be quid pro quo.
0: What he wants is personal information about Clarice. The biggest thing that Crawford told her do not yeah. do, he wants.
1: Yeah, he was like, don't tell him anything personal, but that's what Hannibal is bargaining for. He is like quid pro quo.
0: Because Hannibal Lecter is a accomplished psychiatrist.
1: He is. And again, he loves messing with people. That is like, kind of when he talks about what do the killers want, Hannibal just wants to fuck with people. He also says right after the whole quid pro quo thing, hurry Clarice, like Catherine is waiting on you. Which is, God, that is a guilt trip if I've ever heard of one. Oh no, totally. Yeah. But eventually what Hannibal first asks for is... Clarice's worst childhood memory and that if she lies he'll know. So Clarice pretty much has to give him her tragic backstory about her mom dying young and her dad being shot and killed because he was a cop and there was like a robbery. It was traumatic for all of us.
0: You know me I'm I'm in I'm in one club. Mm. The fuck your father club.
1: Fuck your father. I'm in I am also in that club, but, like, he seemed to be a good guy, so maybe not him. True. Maybe he was okay. But um, then, once she kind of gives over this memory, Hannibal Lecter does actually start to, like, reciprocate. He talks about how our Billy wants to change, and then Hannibal Lecter is creepy and mean again, which he just kind of often is, but then he also gives away the information that Billy uh, most likely applied for a sex change- at like these three major colleges which I think were Columbia College, John Hopkins, and the University of Minnesota. I think were the main three.
0: I think you're right.
1: Yeah. And then he all and then she also talks about um how the moth, the deathhead moth was found in raspails like severed head. And that that's what Billy wants to be is Billy wants to transform like that moth, like a butterfly
0: Become something beautiful.
1: Exactly. But anyway, then we cut to poor, poor Catherine. And I mean poor, poor Catherine. She's having the shittiest time of it.
0: She's in a well in the basement.
1: Uncomfortable for all of us. I think she has a bucket down. I think she has like a couple buckets down there. One is for, um...
0: Probably the bathroom.
1: Yeah. And then the other bucket, she's been lowered down lotion. And also what's very interesting is that when... Because Bill is there. The killer is there. He is at the top of the well and he's like stroking Precious. And he says, but he says very specifically, it will rub the lotion on its skin or it will get the hose.
0: And he's dehumanizing her.
1: Yeah. He won't refer to her by her correct pronouns. He completely is like talking to her like she is an it, that she is a thing.
0: She is fabric. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately.
1: <laughs> yeah, very unfortunately. Obviously, Catherine's just like, I just want to go home. I want to see my mom. My mom's important. Because, yeah, she's a senator's kid.
0: Well, like, she even, like, this is probably the saddest part of it all. She starts just, on top of not only asking for her mother, she starts just crying for mommy.
1: Yeah. which Like,
0: is... verbatim quote, mommy.
1: Yeah, which is very sad. And then as um, he manages the killer... Um, Bill once he manages to get her to hand back the lotion in the bucket, the light shines down and she sees that there are fingernails that are caught between the stones of the well and that have been ripped out like someone was desperately trying to climb up. Which, you know, doesn't help with her situation. We then also cut to fucking Dr. Chilton being a bad doctor and a terrible person.
0: Because he basically... This is actually, like, super scummy. He Mm. went behind the FBI's back and basically told Lecter that it was all fake. Mm. I feel like if this guy really wanted to get famous, his best interest was to keep that lie going.
1: Yeah, no. Like, also, he did such a shitty thing. Like, he's literally playing with, like, a woman's life. Like, he is playing life and death with this young girl. He tells um, Hannibal Lecter that it was all a lie, that there was no actually any deal, and that he says that he'll make a new deal, though, that if Hannibal Lecter tells him who Buffalo Bill is, is that he'll actually make a real deal with him, and so Hannibal tells him that he'll give him half the name now, and that the rest, when he will give the rest of the name when he's transferred.
0: Lecter also asks for another quid pro quo, this time from Chilton, to have some of his own terms and agreements.
1: Yeah. There's also, we get a kind of like segue into Crawford, who is having a very shitty phone conversation where he is getting a call from like his higher ups who have found out about the lie and the fake deal and how the senator is very pissed. I also do have to make sure that everyone recognizes that um when Chilton is talking to um, Hannibal Lecter, he brings in his own notepad and pen. And then later on, when he is um, escorting Hannibal Lecter to his airplane to leave Virginia, yeah, I think they're in, he is missing his pen.
0: They're either in Virginia or West Virginia.
1: I don't know the difference. I'm going to be honest with you guys. But um, eventually, though, the senator actually meets in person with Hannibal. And Hannibal gives the full name um, that um, Buffalo Bill's name is Louis friend, um, how he met him just once, that he was, um, Bill's lover, um, and that bill got really scared because apparently Lewis killed someone and that freaked him out. And then when they're trying to get him to give a full, like, kind of, like, mock-up, like, what he looked like, Hannah Blochner starts getting really creepy and mean again and, uh...
0: He starts talking about her nipples.
1: Yeah, it gets weird. Like,
0: yeah. how... When her daughter dies, will she feel that tingle that people feel when they're missing a limb or with a new scratch mark?
1: Yeah, it's bad. The senator's like, you know what, take this thing back to Baltimore. And then Hannibal gives the full, like,
0: description. <laughs> what did you and Hannah say? Used car salesman strategy? Hannah said, yeah,
1: the used car salesman strategy. And then Hannibal also mentions about how he loves her suit.
0: I imagine he just wants to be in a suit again.
1: Yeah, and out of just, like, asylum-like civvies. But eventually, we also cut to Frederick Chilton, who is giving, like, he is talking with the press, and they're like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? And Frederick Chilton was like, I don't know about that, but I can tell you about me and
0: Frederick Chilton. Frederick
1: Chilton, who is the important person here. Hannibal has also definitely gotten an upgrade, because Clarice... Sneaks, trun- in. sneaks in. Sneaks into where he's being currently held. Hannibal's definitely got a way fancier cell. Eventually she walks up to him and she's bringing back his drawings. And Hannibal makes a mention of that people will think they're in love. And I was like, eh, Probably. Probably not. As they kind of whip back and forth and, you know, Clarice is like, Hey, look, I know that Lewis' friend isn't actually the killer because Louis' friend is another anagram. And that it actually means like fools gold, and it is completely fake. And it's and that um, Catherine's life is important, and that Clarice wants the real name, and that she'll still do the quid pro quo. And so Clarice has to recount an extremely traumatic event from her childhood, where she was adopted by her like um, mother's like sister and brother. Who are
0: ranchers? Who
1: are ranchers? And how she had to run away. It was just...
0: Well, like, (sighs) uh, more specifically, like... She heard the lambs screaming. The screaming of the lambs. Yes.
1: (laughs) Title card.
0: But she basically went to investigate. And, you know, it was literal lambs to the slaughter.
1: Yeah.
0: So she tried to pick one up and run away just to save one lamb. And got escorted home. (sighs) And that lamb
1: died was killed also what i don't understand is that the ranchers were so pissed that they sent her to an orphanage and i'm just like she was a child she was what like 10 yeah and she saw all the cute lambies dying i don't think i would have like kicked a child out and even so it was one lamb it's not like she let your entire like product go i thought like, it was
0: like a boarding school and not orphanage
1: Oh, I it was I think it was late. Uh, it was like Saint Lutheran's like orphanage. I'm pretty okay. sure. But yeah, no, and I was like, Jesus, like those people got to be hard people to just be like, yeah, no, fuck off.
0: Uh, she's not fit for this.
1: You'll go leave, yeah. Leave to the, to the or- Yeah, to the orphanage with you, child. But anyway, um, Clarice is found and kicked out by Chilton before like Hannibal mm. can give her the rest of the information. But then he kind of like... Oh, didn't you want your... Uh, case, file. case files. And so she runs back, grabs it. And there's this very deliberate scene where Hannibal strokes her finger. He
0: puts his finger on her finger.
1: It's... Yeah, it's weird. We also cut to that later that night, it looks like, where Hannibal spits out a pen piece that he had hidden. And he holds it in his hand. He... When the um, guards come to give him his second meal... He puts his hands out outside of the bars, has them cuffed, and then he uncuffs himself and fucking wrecks the officers. He, he,
0: like, bites one's face, hits that guy with the, uh, bars of his cage.
1: And then, its
0: uh, the other one to oh, death with a police patrol.
1: Yeah, but he also sprays the other guy in the face with, like, pepper spray, too. It's brutal. It's bad shit.
0: It's kind of a awe-inspiring moment, though, because, like, finally the predator pounces.
1: Yeah, like, this is why you should have never, like...
0: Transferred him.
1: Yeah, bad idea. Anyway, we also then cut to the guards outside who see the elevator is acting funny, how it's going up to the top and how it stopped at, like, the third level. Then they hear that shots have been fired, so they seal, like, everything off within, like, a ten-block radius, They then rush up upstairs. They go to the third level. There's no one there. They go back down to where the cell is. They found one guard strung up on the cell, like gutted.
0: Also, like this room is so patriotic and it like is. almost angelic.
1: And there's black, there's like red, white, and blue flags everywhere. Like,
0: he is strung up by the red, white, and blue flags. It,
1: it's made to look like he has wings. It's very patriotic for some reason. And Hannibal isn't even American, is he? He's not American, I'm pretty sure. I think he's like European. I
0: believe he's European. Yeah, he's European. Transferred to America. Yeah, he's an immigrant. Yeah.
1: But anyway, apparently he was feeling very patriotic at that point in time. But anyway, they also find another officer who is still breathing.
0: Britain's flag is red, white, and blue in it. Oh, shit,
1: yeah. But he didn't have a British accent. I don't think he's
0: British.
1: Well, Chesapeake
0: is from the England area, isn't
1: it? I think it is. But also, I think. It's in the French flag as well red, white, and blue? Yeah. Maybe he's French. I bet he's French. He's,
0: Nonetheless. He
1: likes food. He's French. <laughs> is that racist? Eat the rich. <laughs> Eat the rich. Um, anyway. <laughs> moving on. Probably. But one police officer is still alive. Also, um, his name is, um, Pembry, and another officer is, like, told to, like, comfort, talk to him Pembry. in government. And he does the shittiest job. He's, like, patting him on the shoulder, like, you look great, dude couldn't look better and I'm like you are the worst but anyway they put Pembry on a stretcher and when they put him into the elevator they notice that the elevator is the ceiling is leaking blood on Pembry on Pembry so they uh, they get Pembry out of the building and into an ambulance and then the rest of the police officers open the hatch on the next level and peer down and see a body stretched out over the roof of the elevator. They shoot him in the leg. Nothing happens. They then kind of assume that that's what the gunfire was earlier, that Hannibal, Hannibal was must the sh- bled out. Yeah, and was shot and bled out. They then open the hatch and it's revealed it's not Hannibal Lecter. It well, was actually Pembry. We there. don't
0: even see that the reveal of Pembry here.
1: That's we true. just
0: see the back of his head and a very exaggerated drop. Yeah. But like really quickly after, Pembry and the ambulance sits up, takes off his face, and the reveal of Hannibal Lecter happens.
1: Yeah, no. So, um, and Hannibal Lecter then kills the guy who was, like, in the ambush with him and obviously escapes.
0: How did he kill him?
1: I have no idea. That's your job.
0: That is my job. It is your job. What the fuck am I doing?
1: I don't know! Anyway, we then cut to Clarice, who has a very close friend named Ardelia, who has kind of like just been keeping up with the Hannibal Lecter news and informs Clarice that Hannibal Lecter has escaped. Together, they figure out the clue that Hannibal left Clarice about who the real, or not who the real killer is, but that the killer had actually known the first victim and had spent day-to-day life with her. Once that is done, though... Clarice visits the first victim's house, goes to the bedroom, goes to a sewing room, like a sewing room, and figures out that the um, that Bill is actually making a suit made out of skin, that he's trying to make a new like person suit so that he can literally change. When she calls Crawford, he tells her that he already knows that they are on the case for a Jane or a James Gum, I think, that the University of Columbia had had information about a former person who had tried to have a sexual change and that was the name that was given to them and that Crawford's like on the case. We then cut to Catherine who is trying to um, tempt Precious. She is like tied like an old chicken bone to string and is trying to like lure Precious towards her. We then cut to Clarice who's kind of still on the case. She's um, interviewing like old coworkers of the first victim where we then swap to Catherine, who has managed to take Precious hostage. So Precious was tempted in by the bones and fell in. And uh, Catherine is holding her hostage like, hey, fucker, give me my cell phone or like, I'll kill your dog, dude. Like your dog broke her leg. She's in pain. You should do something about that. The killer's like freaking out. And that's when the bell rings. Now at this point in time, there's kind of two segue events that's happening. It's as we watch... Catherine and the killer the killer eventually walking through his house getting dressed getting ready to like greet who's ever at the door we then have the kind of like parallel segue where we see Crawford and the FBI agents storming a house when he eventually enters the door though it's obviously Clarice who is just looking for a old kind of the first victims like old employer I believe or one of her old employers
0: she she does the house thing like you were talking about and sees the diamond triangle pattern.
1: On the dress. On the the back same the one dress. that was yeah.
0: on the corpse earlier. Yes. And she realizes, like, oh, shit, I know kind of where the killer is. Yeah. And gets brushed off. Yeah. And now that she is uh, here, it gets fucked fast.
1: It does. Because Clarice um, is clearly at the killer's house. We know this. She doesn't. She's invited in because he's trying to look for a card. She sees a moth, specifically the Death's Head moth, and comes to the realization that this is the killer. She reaches for a gun. She kind of points it at him. She
0: unclips it.
1: She does unclip it. She then points and aims at him, says, like, you know, hands over your head, spread your legs. She hesitates. He manages to get away. And then he she follows him into the basement. As what
0: I find she- so in um interesting about this scene is, like, the amount of time the two of them just stand there staring at each other. Yeah. Before, like, even after her gun is drawn. Yeah, And, and she's he's yelling just at him. like, you can see him going, oh, shucks.
1: Ow. Put two But
0: the chase ends up taking them down to the, the infamous basement. Yeah.
1: Where Clarice does manage to find Catherine alive with Precious. Also, I love how Catherine reacts. Catherine is like, you better fucking stay here. And when. Clarice is like, no, I gotta leave you. I gotta find the killer. Catherine's like, you fucker, you bitch. Get back here.
0: Which, fair, understandable. Very
1: understandable. But
0: she can't rescue you until she knows it's safe.
1: Yeah. So she, uh, Clarice exits out and is kind of just sweeping the basement for the killer. The killer manages to cut the power. And also the killer is cheating because he puts on night vision goggles. Which is definitely cheating in my book.
0: Well, like, also... It's such a icky, icky scene. This is it the scene is. I was talking about in my feelings. It is feeling
1: very stressed? stressful. Yeah, again, this is a scene that I couldn't watch. So
0: Grace had their notebook in front of their face the whole time. Yep. So I will kind of walk through this scene because before the lights get turned off, she went room to room searching for him, found Catherine. And then finally, when she gets to one room, boom lights off when she finds the corpse of what I can only assume is his mother which I think was the same lady she was looking for but that's just a theory we're never told who that corpse is but once she finds that corpse that is when the lights shut down and he just watches her as she like feels her way through I I I think genuinely there were no lights in that room for she
1: looks clearly terrified like her her hands are
0: shaking her gun's about to fall out of her hand with how much she's shaking yeah but she's feeling around she almost gets touched by him first in the back of the head then she turns around and he almost caresses her face and unfortunately for him when he goes to click the gun she has the right reflexes because she's been shoot training. First.
1: Yeah, because again we we've seen we've seen all throughout the movie of her training and her putting so much effort into being this model FBI agent so that when he readies his gun to fire, she hears that click of the pin. The and hammer. She, yeah, she hears the hammer and she fires first and she aims right.
0: And she even breaks out window, giving her some sight. Yeah. And She gets that immediate closure of, yes, I killed him.
1: Yeah, no, we see him dead on the ground, and Clarice wins. Also, by the way, we have a headcanon that, um, Catherine, when she's being escorted out of the house, she is clutching Precious, precious, and it is our headcanon that Catherine adopts Precious. I hope
0: Cheaper survived as well, because I I know that was a cat on its own.
1: Well, I mean... uh, she was found to be missing pretty fast. So yeah, there wasn't true. like there wasn't days where Mister Cheepers was left alone.
0: I just hope he wasn't put in a home. It's my head canon that cheaper and precious are
1: fine, and they're both living with Catherine and having their best life. But anyway, again, Clarice kind of wins at the end because she we see her graduate from the FBI Academy. We see people just going up to talk to her. She
0: like, is the bell of the book. She uh, is. Yeah. She's finally not this ostracized character because no. now she's proved her worth. Which it's sad that she needs to like yeah. stop a serial killer to yeah. do this.
1: But um, but yeah, no, people want to talk to her. She even has this awkward moment with Crawford where you can... Where from, honestly, my perspective, he kind of looked butthurt that he didn't get the glory. He wanted
0: the glory. He
1: wanted the glory. And he's like kind of just... He's not going to be a complete asshole about it, but he's definitely colder to her than when he was first introduced. But as she's at this graduation ceremony, she gets a phone call from who else but Hannibal Lecter himself. And he... Kind of just wants to tell her, don't fuck with me and I won't fuck with you.
0: He also asks if the lambs have stopped screaming.
1: Oh, yeah. He asked. yeah, if the lambs... He is
0: asking her if the silence of the lambs has finally come.
1: Yeah. Which, again, Kai. <laughs> but anyway, he also mentions that he's having... I'm having an old friend for dinner. And from our perspective, which is then, at that point in time, Hannibal Lecter, we are somewhere... Like I'm in assuming, South America, I yeah. believe, somewhere in South America, and he is watching Doctor Chilton get off of a plane. Either
0: the tropical area of South America or Africa.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: He's in the tropics.
1: It, yeah, maybe even somewhere like in like uh, Polynesia. Polynesia, maybe Indonesia. But Who knows? With somewhere the... tropical.
0: The people I see, I'm betting more um, South America or yeah. Africa.
1: Yeah, no, and then he kind of just, he eventually just, he didn't even like really say goodbye. He kind of just lets the conversation end. And then Clarice is on the other end being like, Hannibal, you still there?
0: Dr. Lecter.
1: Dr. Lecter. And he just wanders off following Dr. Chilton. And we all know Dr. Chilton's not lasting that much longer.
0: Oh, no, he's going to have a friend for dinner.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, A good old friend.
0: But, yeah, that is the movie. So uh, I did look up how those paramedics died. So I will go about this, how people died on screen and not with how my notes said. Uh, our first death is bit out their own tongue with Mi- Mi-
1: Migs. Migs. I think it was M I G G S.
0: Miggs, Migs because, uh, you know, he bit out his own tongue and I'm assuming he choked on it. Yep. Fucking choke on your tongue, you scumbag.
1: Yeah, he was not a pleasant fellow.
0: We had the victim's body that we saw that was shot off screen mm-hmm. because that was the cause of death because everything else was done post mortem. Yes. We had the head beaten in by, with the uh, police baton and then bled out by being skinned by the other cop.
1: Oof, rough.
0: The two paramedics apparently were shot down.
1: Oh, yeah. no that. Oh, yeah, he had his gun. One of the cops' guns.
0: We don't see the shooting happen, which is probably why I didn't write it probably down. Probably why. I'm assuming we either get that information from, like, special features or the book itself. I had to, like... Go on a Wikia to like look yeah. at the list of Hannibal's kills. Yeah, they were both shot off screen, and then finally we had the big bad get shot down as well. Yeah. So a lot of gun action in this that movie. Not a gun
1: action. Well, I mean, it's a cop movie, so obviously there's a lot of gun action.
0: I fucking. No. <laughs> uh, I disagree. I movie, so I, I don't a have a God. good reason why I disagree, but, but I But you disagree. I, I really love the soundtrack. It's very well it's made. It's really
1: good, yeah.
0: It's very tense. The calmest song we get is to Buffalo Bill doing this like faux drag dance. Yeah. Saying, like, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Which is usually the quote I hear like non-horror movie fans use to reference this yeah. movie. Yeah that or incorrectly quoting Hannibal and saying, Well, I cannot smell your cunt when it's I however cannot.
1: Yeah, schematics.
0: I I think it's more the importance of like having that information in their quote. Uh what about you? Soundtrack and sound design?
1: Oh honestly, again, this movie excels at just crawling underneath your skin. And that's kind of what everything is geared toward. Like the acting, the cinematography, and obviously the sound design as well. And that's what it does very well.
0: Yeah. And then the gore and implied gore, the worst we get is like the post-mortem autopsy and the yeah. decap. Everything like, we see is like a long dead corpse or a, we start to see the brutality and it quickly cuts away, which lets your mind play yeah. with it.
1: I think the most, like, kind of like gory scene was when Hannibal Lecter peeled back the false face. Yeah. Because that was pretty gross. Um, but besides that, every other kind of kill or, like, kind of just gore is off screen, I think.
0: I'm not going to put these all as off screen kills, but there are quite a bit of them in this movie, unfortunately.
1: I think Um, it was also just the age that it was made. It was made in, like, what, 1991?
0: Yeah, Yeah. 91. This is, I believe, an Oscar-winning horror movie.
1: I would honestly believe that. I really would.
0: Just to kind of wrap this episode over with, because we do have plans
1: Oh yeah, because it's the 4th of July! Watch some
0: explosives. Yeah,
1: set stuff on fire.
0: The current most common way to die is being burned alive at 77 people. Woo, woo! The honorable second mention being the various monsters at 18. And both of our personal favorite movie kill is having a corkscrew put through your neck.
1: Hasn't changed.
0: That guy fucking deserved it.
1: He really fucking did.
0: Aside from Grace almost choking to death,
1: we gotta we gotta let that go. I'm letting that go. You should too.
0: Uh, I edit this. I can't let it go. I'm gonna be dealing with this all week. Uh,
1: you'll let it go eventually.
0: <laughs> eventually. Uh, yeah. Just not for this episode. Just not for this episode. But I will let go for the next one. Unless okay. you start doing it again.
1: I won't. I just won't drink water at all. Uh, we I'll switched
0: just... around a little bit. We were going to do a nightmare on Elm Street. But like we stated, Hannah wanted to watch this with us. And we were like, alright, bet, yeah, let's Why do not? It. And since it was already on our docket, it just made sense. Yeah, just slipped right in. So... Hopefully you guys enjoyed this kind of mess of an episode. Oh but
1: dear! Oh no!
0: I feel like that's a stain on brand.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it's on brand. So it fits, it tracks.
0: This was Bodies by the Numbers, a horror podcast, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. For listening to Bodies by the Numbers, a horror podcast. You can email us at bodiesbythenumbers at gmail.com. Join our Facebook group, Bodies by the Numbers, a horror podcast. Find us on Instagram, Bodies by the Pod. Find our letterbox so you know how we rate things at Pod, Or follow us on Twitter, BodiesNumbers. Music is by Disposable on SoundCloud. Logo is by Emmy on Instagram at emmyrock.art. All the links are in the description below, and I hope you enjoyed the show.